Hi everybody and welcome to the GA and Gym podcast. I'm your host Oshin Quinn and we are back for another episode. Um, if you haven't kind of worked out, I've been spacing these out over the past kind of two weeks now. Um, it's a bit easier that way. It means I don't have to record every week, which is a challenge because I'm trying to do a lot of shit at the minute. But appreciate you you waiting the extra week for these podcasts to come out. Um, I hope you're enjoying them and all the feedback so far has been positive. So thank you very much. Um, okay, so before we get into the podcast, um, the Quinn Strength merch will be going live next week, Monday, which will be the uh, the second of December. Um, so it'll be going live then. But if you're following the, my Instagram, Quinn Strength and Conditioning, it'll all be going up there. And again, follow that there uh, Instagram account because I put loads of stuff up there nearly every day, loads of information for GEA players. So if you're not following it, get following it, Quinn Strength Conditioning. So today's podcast, I really enjoyed this one. Um, if you haven't seen the YouTube video of the workout, go and check it out. Um, we've done a good workout and then we've done a good podcast as well. Um, very f- open kind of chat about everything, about football, about football in London, about AFL, about kind of the pressures going back and forward. Um, I really enjoyed doing it and I think you're going to enjoy listening to it. So without further ado, uh, former AFL player, current down senior footballer. Current Ross Trevor, senior footballer, Keelan Minnie. Keelan, good to have you on the podcast. It's been a while in the uh, organisation. Um, so we're sitting in Ross Trevor here now. This is your club. Um, you you weren't actually playing for them this year. What uh, what was going on there? How come you weren't playing for them? Well, I, uh, I was playing league, but I decided to take my options for championship elsewhere and I went to London mm-hmm. just for something different. Um, it was a good experience. Uh, there were a lot of boys from down that play on that team, so it was a good crack at the time. But looking to the future, I probably wouldn't do it again because I was traveling over and just playing at the weekends and maybe having a session on a Friday. It, it yeah. You sort of can't get that bond between the players, so it was sort of hard to get used to how people played. But look, it was it was enjoyable. It was something different. And yeah, you've checked it off. What was the standard like in London? It wasn't bad, yeah. Um, there, there's a lot of people from here that are playing over there, and there's yeah. like ex-county players that are sort of shaping other teams up. And look, the way football's coming now, it's all about structure. And if you can play within a structure, you're you're not going to be half. You were playing in London. Um, what was it like uh, playing with Jimmy Clark? Uh, did you just kind of read up, or was it harder than you maybe thought? Or yeah, well, well, it was a lot harder than I actually expected. Like, but every team has a couple of decent athletes like so yeah the quickest player was sort of on me and then Jamie was being manhandled by probably one of their more physical players so mm-hmm. it's similar to what you get here but it, at times you've seen how like what people talk about him like his ability to get space and his, his shooting it was second to none and he's a he's a great fellow I didn't yeah. really know him before going but after experience in the summer with him he's a he's a great lad yeah was it not a bit of a hand on kind of going over and back every weekend or did you kind of get used to it or I wasn't even over every weekend, so there was weekends I was just playing club here for yeah. Strava and then training, and then I think only played seven or eight games in London, so it it was a hassle because you're finishing work on a Friday and you're going straight to the airport to fly there and you may be doing a session and you're sitting about twiddling your thumbs all Saturday and then you're just playing a match Sunday to fly home, so you weren't really seeing your weekends and look, the crack was good, but it, it is a bit of a hassle if you're actually not over there. Yeah, but at least it's one of them ones you kind of you've done it, and you know what it's like for for kind of future years. Like, but 
um i would imagine if you're over in london it would probably be good crack like if you've never uh, like if you're new in london it would be such a great way to actually meet people and and, and get in with uh, yeah, as a group it was i went into london with the missus like so uh, i checked that off it's <laughs> the main thing um what did you make a down season last year uh, i say the league was disappointing because Going into the last game, it was a, in our hands to get promoted, and we didn't perform on the day, and rightfully so. You didn't, we didn't get promoted. I think we lost out by a point in score difference, which there's a couple of games looking back that there's pot shots or boys hadn't <coughs> slipped the ball for goal, and so it's all. It's literally just the small things that sort of kept us in Division Three. But then we went into the championship. I don't really want to talk about the RMI game because I got sent yeah. off. <laughs> but uh, the second half, the boys like it brought our team bond together because everyone stood up and, and fought right to the end. I know Armagh pipped us at the end in extra time, but the bond going into training for the qualifier game was excellent and the Tipperary game sort of shown that. Everyone yeah. stood up and was counted and again, Mayo, we fought as, as well as we could. The only difference in that day was they were more efficient in front of the net and we were very wasteful, so we weren't outplayed. We were just beat by a more efficient team. Yeah, you would think that would give you momentum for the next kind of year as well going forward too. Yeah, we're we're looking forward to probably getting back at it, um, especially with Tally getting his is mm -hmm. his second year now, so he's he's seen the talent in down and he knows how he wants people to play and what he has available to him. So it's exciting to see what he's going to bring to the table. And um, you you worked with him last year then, and uh, did what did sort of difference do you think he maybe brought in that hadn't been there in previous years, or was it just a case of few just a different a different sort of management like yeah it's just a, a different approach paddy had been with down and when they got the all-iron final in 2010 mm -hmm. so we knew he would leave no stone unturned and his team that he brought in with him um gavin mcgilly and stephen Beatty and benny who's walked away now was a good blend because they all took part of different things in training so yeah. it was a good sort of structure towards to something that was there but not as efficient yeah. as what them mm -hmm. had made it last year so um no it was it's as exciting like a new coach a lot of new boys and a lot of young boys which is good because i'm 26 now i'm pushing on i'm yeah. starting to look towards the end <laughs> of my career them boys are thinking it's never going to end so yeah, it's good to you. have that mix yeah i think you, you i would imagine you need that you need that mix like of the use coming through to kind of keep you on your toes as well like exactly and the young boys are sort of looking to the more experienced boys to push them on so yeah you can't be off your game because they're gonna watch with Jordan and sort of think that's that's the norm. Aye. Does it make you feel a little bit bad that you're now calling yourself one of the experienced players, or <laughs> not really? Like I did make my debut in 2011, yeah. like so I've been about the block. Yeah. Whenever you like, obviously you played minors for Down, and then you went away for a couple of years. How did it feel coming back playing for Down? Strange. Yes. Yeah. It took me two years. I think the 2015 season and <coughs> 16 it took me to get really adjusted back into Gaelic and I've seen I think Daniel Flint and Kildare said mm -hmm. the same. So people are thinking, look, you're playing professionally, it should be an easy swap, but it's I think Gaelic's more speed endurance, whereas AFL is more just endurance based. Yeah. So it was it took a while to get adjusted to that. I so the speed of the game maybe took a wee bit of time to get up to it. Yeah, it had changed since I left in twenty eleven, I know that much. I uh, did you know that's a big difference then? Yeah, it was I was coming home in off season and trying to play for my under twenty ones here, thinking I'd yeah. be fit, <laughs> blowing out my horse after about ten minutes. I was like, Jesus, that's strange. Like you would not, you would not think that. Like, yeah, well, AFL is structured to 
have certain amount you might be on the pitch seven eight minutes then you're off for a spell and then you're getting yeah. your break so Gaelic that's just unrelenting in the way Gaelic football turnover it's after turnover you're just running up and down like a uh, mad man it's interesting to hear that because you would just you would assume that AFL is on a higher level but it's maybe just an example that it's obviously it's professional but it's just a different style like and one isn't really easier than the one isn't easier or harder than the other like mm -hmm. uh, well now nah, Gaelic I would say is probably more intense in yeah. terms of you're 35 minutes flat out you have a break then you're flat out again whereas AFL you're getting your sort of breaks in between during the game and then you have your four quarters as well yeah. so did you notice the skill or not the skill sorry the physicality changing much from when you left you know did you find it you notice players were investing a wee bit more in gym yeah, stuff I think now when I left in 2011 the likes of Benny and that were killing it because they were naturally gifted footballers mm -hmm. now if someone's strong and fit and athletic you don't really need as much skill which yeah. is sort of coming it's more the the norm now if you're fit and strong that you're able to make it yeah i think sometimes nearly teams want maybe players to do certain numbers in the pitch and if you can cover x ground and you're not completely terrible on the ball you can do a job like yes it's pretty much the way it's going which is I don't know, maybe that's a wee bit like AFL to an extent too, you know, if you don't have the physical capabilities, you know, they nearly are nearly looking for a physical specimen first and then they can sort of put the skill on top of that, like. Pretty much, yes, yeah, the way it's going, especially this advanced mark coming in, it's... It's kind of turning into AFL, isn't it, like? It's AFL without the money. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting concept, I. Um, do you think that advanced mark would be a good thing or a bad thing, or...? So I've seen people putting on Twitter like it's it's going to take the, the skill of the game of like you might have an underage player of maybe just under five foot and he's a real skillful athletic player and you might have a player who's yeah. a lot taller and you just hoop the ball in top of him and he's taking he's marking someone who's yeah. maybe half yeah. a foot smaller than him it's it's going to take that sort of aspect of the game out but it's hard to know I didn't actually mind it when I played it in the National League but when you knew it wasn't going to be in yeah. permanently, you, th you, th you thought it was dead on. But I think I can see where people are coming from that could slow the game down. Yeah, I think it's one of them ones. Though it's it's given it the year to see what it to see how it goes. Like it's hard to make a judgment without you know seeing enough. But like mm. a few national league games probably isn't I'm enough. I, I like that uh, the sin bin. I don't Aye. believe the black yard. You have to you run off because you get a black yard after two minutes and your game's over. So yeah. I think that's yeah. a decent turnaround for the ten minute spell off. Tier two. Not for me. Not for you? No. How come? Um, well, we, as a playing group, all we Kevin McKern's our player rep, and he put in who's in favour, who's not, and give reasons, and we all said we're not because we have ambitions to push on. And look, if you're afraid of getting a hammer by Dublin or, say, one of the big teams, you're sure, what's the point in playing? If you want to improve, you have to be playing against the best. Yeah. And I'm getting it in the air from Twitter from people saying, look what it's done for Hurling or that. I'm just like, but you're playing against Division 3 teams in the league and then you're only going to be adding Division 4. So if you're beating Division 3 teams and you're playing against Division 4, if you move up the year after, where's your improvement going to come? Because you're playing a standard that's not as high as what the other guys yeah. are playing. Do you feel like it wouldn't be as... Um, what's the word? Like It wouldn't be as publicised well enough? You know, do, do you just think it, it would maybe get the hype as well it maybe it would need to yeah, make it successful? I know the is like, oh, we'll, we'll publicise it not, but like, what supporters are going to buy into it? Yeah. Like, I think it's one of them ones where if a team wins it, you know, like, obviously Derry could potentially be playing on it, like, and you don't want them to win it, but at the same point, you wouldn't be, 
wouldn't be anywhere close to the same feeling of if they won all Ireland or even if you got the semi final or final like but I don't know maybe that's better than them going out after first round of championship or something I don't know yeah I can see what where the GA is coming from in terms of look it's given teams that extra couple of games but I'm sure the GA are liking the money aspect of it too like <laughs> no, I can't say much about that <laughs> Uh, I would say that was a slight factor in it. I'd say all county county board secretaries are, are licking their lips for a few extra pounds too. Uh, no, I'd say so. I'd say so. Um, what sort of like you, you've obviously come from doing a lot of work um, strength conditioning wise over there in AFL. Have you been doing a lot since you come back, or did you kind of sicken yourself with it when you're over there? Or? No, it's it's one thing I've always enjoyed is is the the gym aspect of training because you can do it by yourself you just mm -hmm. throw headphones in and you just bang out a workout and yeah you feel good for it um no it, it's it's one thing i like know the benefits of and mm -hmm. the importance of it when i came back in 2015 i was out of shape and maybe wasn't doing as much as what yeah. it was and i was having hamstring difficulties and then i went away and just religiously i've been working away at it and i've touched wood here <laughs> that <laughs> i don't get any injuries because yeah. it's it's something i don't go without yeah i suppose as well coming back from afl and you jump into what is pretty much a very different game to when you left like your chance injury is just is up so much because you're probably you know used to doing just the constant stuff every week and then you go on to something completely different and it's just such a big shock to your body too like uh yeah, well the aspect of when we were there you're training you're coming in you're getting massages and then you're into the recovery suite which was your hot bath your ice bath mm -hmm. and then you're your pool whereas gaelic you've an ice bath yeah <laughs> so <laughs> it's not really publicized as well um i suppose it comes down to the financial aspect like teams and counties i know people are now getting their center of excellence which could have that in it but it does cost a, a pretty penny to sort of run them yeah i think in i don't know if you agree or disagree like really afl and gaelic there's probably not a massive difference what the big difference is the fact that when you're afl you get all those recovery methods you get the good food you get everything whereas if you're a gaelic player probably majority of teams are still doing maybe i don't know three four plus sessions a week but then you're going and doing a you know eight or nine hour job and you know every day like it's that's probably where the difference is yeah well athletically we're Gaelic and AFL, there's no difference. It used to be the difference was the physicality when international rules, yeah. the Australians came over and pardon me, uh, bullied the arse. So now that the athletically Gaelic is becoming more physical, that's taken out of that game. And like I know that the Gaelic, the last one, the, the Dublin players not weren't involved. So Aussies just about took the arse. But if Ireland sent their best 15 over, they would, I'd give it to the Aussies and yeah that sort of takes them a thing or two i think you noticed that in the last one physically there was not any really difference whereas a couple of years before before it got um banned for a couple of years before wasn't it i uh, the <laughs> still the videos on youtube of that air quality oh like aye. i love the one where mcginney is standing beside the boy and just hits him a rib shot and he just goes down like that yeah, at that stage he was probably the the most physical Irish player and i think who was it was a graham garrity from me I could have been there. Off. Aye. So there like the gooch, the gooch was <laughs> there wasn't much to the gooch like so they were they were picking their targets, right? I'd say that would have been a horrible experience if you weren't like you know if you weren't used to that at all and you had no kind of physicality such that would have been tough like. Yeah, well in Australia when I was there was your conditioning on a say a lighter day was boxing because yeah. you had to learn how to protect yourself. 
I thought it was going to be for the fitness aspect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so what was kind of the schedule whenever you were over there in AFL? Like what would a, a week look like? Uh, pre-season was five days a week. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday would have been your, your big days. So you're mm-hmm. talking maybe 15, 16 kilometer sessions. Horrible. In 35 degree heat. That's, t- that's really terrible. <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> Tuesday would have been like your off-feet conditioning, your boxing just a bit of circuits and then Thursday day off so would have went golfing and then a Saturday would have went to the beach and done like maybe a six or seven K run mm-hmm. with a few hill sprints in between and then Sunday off that was recover from the hangover. How did your body cope with that like never doing anything really probably that volume before you know how did it cope in the first while? Initially yeah it was there was you were sort of eased into it because they knew if mm-hmm. they put too much on you your, your body would would fail so it was sort of maybe a week of it anyway and then you're just left your own devices because yeah. I was there for three weeks and then we went to Arizona to the uh, high altitude which was a culture shock we jogged to the the pitch where we were training it was an indoor stadium and it was a 2k run I was like blowing out my arse and they were like what's wrong with you? I, like, I can't breathe and they are like well that's the altitude so that was a culture shock then we went in and did a 16 kilometer session so it was a culture shock but yeah one of the things that's probably the hardest thing i've ever done was we hiked down the grand canyon and had to run back up it it's seven k vertical straight up so you're zigzagging across that and i mean my legs were sore for about five days after but you had yeah. a day off and then you're back into 16 or 17 kilometer sessions i was going to say there whenever you mentioned altitude um i was in grand canyon a year or two ago and we were walking about it, and I was only walking about it, and I was like getting out of breath, and like I would be in good shape, and I was like, what the fuck's happening here? If I'd like lost that much fitness in a week or two, and then I realised that we are at altitude, I'm not sure what it is, but uh, running through it in the heat would be horrible. It was weird, at the top it was snowing, and then as you got to the bottom it was roasting, and then again, coming back up, it was actually a nice when you got back to yeah. the top, because you're coming out of the heat into the cold, but yet, I think it was... My time was four hours and 37 minutes in terms of hiking down and getting back up. Or was it four or two? I can't remember, but it was something. <laughs> Aye, that's, that's tight enough. There's a boy who beat me by 20 minutes, so he was fairly fit. Different level there, just. They are really just endurance machines, like, aren't they? Yeah. Um, what would your week look like now compared to that? Um, well, when down starts, you're talking maybe three group sessions and then I'd still branch off and do a couple of gym sessions so you're probably talking maybe five to six times a week of doing yeah doing stuff. and would uh, the three sessions you do with down would they be all pitch based or would they be one or two gym or what way does uh, that work I'm usually? not sure what where the structure would be maybe two gym one pitch or two pitch one gym mm-hmm. but if you're only doing one gym and two pitch then you'd have to do a, a session away from yeah by yourself you're kind of a big um uh, strength would probably be your speed would you say are you kind of at the point where you're like I'm fast enough I don't need to do anything on it or are you still trying to improve it and if you are what are you kind of doing for it um, I can never once you're in sport you're competitive yeah. your whole life so it doesn't matter what I'm doing if it's something yeah. to do with speed I want to win so uh-huh. I went down to um, Martin Bennett's speed uh-huh. maybe about a month ago and I was expecting to have to do certain drills or that, but it was basic running mechanics, and he just showed me techniques, and he watched me for a run, and he says I was leaving my feet behind me, which was strange, but you could hear it when you seen it back. Yeah. 
it was just showing me drills of just keep your knees up, keep your body forward, and just keep. So you sort of change in, in the air of your feet. Uh-huh. I sort of look at athletes sprinting. I'm like, I could do that, but then without proper training, you probably couldn't. So I've sort of taken that away, and then I'm just doing your basic stuff in the gym. I'm just doing a lot more explosive stuff of trap bar jumps, CMJs. Yeah. And then I always do my, my glute work with the bands, and uh-huh. then when I'm at down, if we do any sprinting, I do it to max capacity because yeah. again, I'm running full speed enough. You're not going to yeah. improve. Yeah, definitely. I think um, that part you're saying about you know <coughs> the sprint mechanics, like it's amazing it's only kind of whenever you maybe look into mechanics that you realize that nobody within Gaelic can run properly <laughs> and we just we've never been taught it before it's only if you do athletics that you probably taught how to run but um it's amazing how like we really don't we don't know how to run but like i was taking somebody actually last night for first session we're going through some running mechanics just some basic ones and you can tell that it's so foreign to do them the right way mm-hmm. because we've been so used to doing it the wrong way like and it's um it is something where i think if people can learn a couple of me mechanics or get into doing it you can make a big big improvement in your in your performance definitely you're sprinting like because you're the way he put it is if you're not running right you're putting uh, stress on muscles that don't need to be as stressed yeah. so i was doing 60 meter uh, efforts and usually if you're you're doing that there you're feeling your hamstrings or quads but I was feeling it more in my calves because yeah. I was up on my toes, so I'm not actually putting mm-hmm. as much pressure through my hamstrings and quads. So it, it opened my eyes, and I've been sort of yeah. trying to keep at it. That's interesting because, like, I have been I've been to a few seminars with different like speed coaches the past couple of months, and one of the things which I probably never really realized before was how your mechanics can affect your likelihood of getting injured. Um, like your running stride, you know, if you're overstriding, and if your hips are too, f- you know, too too far back or too far forward it can affect how much you're stretching with the hamstring and then you know whenever you hear it you're like that, that actually makes sense and you start to think about lads that you know that always get hamstring injuries but they're pretty strong and they do a lot of training you can't really work it out and then you're like maybe it's the mechanics is the thing that's actually messing you up like um so i do think it's an important thing to try and look at doing if you're if you're in gaelic anyway like yeah well i've noticed last year with our and c coach coming in he's starting to get us into a lot more yeah. mechanically based running so just to try and prevent injury like you sort of were like last year like ah, it's a shit yeah <laughs> it, it is definitely like that too because you're it's so it's so weird first time doing it we're but such a backwards country like if someone <laughs> tries to bring someone new they're like what's a shit i fuck out there <laughs> it, it takes it takes a couple of people that it takes a couple of leaders to do it and then they're like oh maybe that is actually uh, a good yeah. thing but I think that's even the thing with strength condition in general. You know, probably going back, um, say before you left for the AFL, it was still probably like fifty-fifty. Should you be doing this? Should you not be doing this? And when I left, Tally was actually uh, on taking our like right. the running side, and then he was taking the gym sessions too. Like, so it shows you how advanced it's actually come on since then. I uh, like every team now will have a strength conditioning coach, oh and and be a good strength conditioning coach too you know i'd imagine back a couple of years ago just whoever the local person was around probably would have done it and he would have done he done with size he would have knows what you would have done like um i think back to us like we would have been doing like kettlebell classes and stuff like and not even like properly doing kettlebells just and you think back like why the fuck were you doing that yeah but there was just so so little information on it like it's, it's interesting to see how it moves on like um would you say that your like you noticed your endurance was something that you needed to work on when you were in AFL or was it still was it just was other people's levels so high that you maybe found it tough or 
Yeah, well, um, there was always your your freak athletes that could run all day. Like Marty mm. Clark was one of them at our club, Steel Side Bottom, and Scott Pendlebury were the three that were always contesting the 2K time trials in preseason, where I was cruising near mid to back. Uh-huh. But because I was quick, they were like, we can build endurance with your yeah. speeds, just something that probably we can't mm. build. So if you have it, we're happy enough. But if your endurance is lacking, we can get you fitter. So that yeah. was their attitude towards me. Do you think now you would be in better shape than what you would have been back then? I think so, because I was, I think I went there and I'd never lived on my own. So I was sort of just eating comfort foods. A lot. Yeah. So I think I didn't really buy into the nutritional side. I think that's probably where I lack now. I uh-huh. think I'm doing everything else right. I think it's just nutrition and probably alcohol yeah that's <laughs> <I'd say laughs> <say. laughs> uh, my negative part of my game at the minute so yeah i think i'll try and i'm starting to sort of really focus on that and i'll see if it can really like uh, maybe lift me up one or two percent more i do think there's an element of balance too though like you know because if you go i think you have to I think it's something maybe sometimes gaelic players maybe forget about that you have to have balance if you don't have the point where you can go out and have a bit of crack and have a drink you know that's probably a detrimental thing too like you need to have that that kind of balance in it too yeah well even in australia like if it was a seven day turnaround you were <coughs> there was no issues and you having beer um but if it was six days it was a strict no drinking yeah that's okay there um yeah so i get like you're you're being put on on drink plans for like six weeks before a game you're like that's mental like okay i remember down yeah uh, God rest his soul, Eamon Burns, we were down at a training weekend, it was a couple of weeks out when we played our man, mm-hmm. he goes, look lads, you can have a, f- a couple of pints, it's not going <laughs> to kill you, so, and it was good old crack, like, so. I think you, you know your body too, like, most people know that, if you, like, there's some people will get a two or three day hangover, other people will wake up the next day and you feel great, and you just have to have that probably ownership, you know, right, if it's two weeks out, I might lose three or four days of the hangover, or else I'll be alright tomorrow morning, and you can't be, you mothered and told yeah. you do this and do that like it's it's a wee bit ridiculous to an extent two like weeks out i would probably Aye. not because it it does sort of affect your your sessions and it's a knock-on effect because the monday session you're lethargic and then wednesday yeah. you're just about feeling right since by the weekend you're you're back yeah. to normal and by that stage you're coming into sort of your later week because mm-hmm. so you you want to get the benefit out of the last sort of <coughs> heavy week before the championship so i probably wouldn't do it two weeks but three weeks probably ah, it's it's uh it's balanced it's figuring it out like but there's no point in uh doing absolutely nothing want to be robots that's it like that's it um so whenever you got signed for the afl talk to me about that like how did that all happen you'd had uh, a couple of good years in with school you was one of mccory and hogan and yeah, I was before, that. before that yeah well i was in talks with him before that um it was actually 2009 i was playing for the down minors, I was at 16, I was midfield and one of the scouts was at our Fermanagh game, I think it was, uh-huh. and he sort of kept his eye on me and then that sort of went, we got to the All-Ireland semi-final that year and we beat by Mayo and I was still in St. Mark's one point, it was a secondary school and uh-huh. then the college were on to me after sort of playing for down minors and I was in school for like a week or two and then I was like, nah, I'm going to go to the college. Like my ones were like, you're not going to do any work. I was like, oh yeah. well, if I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do my work, blah, blah, blah. So I got there, and then 
I started playing McCrory and then I think it was around November I got this phone call and it sounded like an English accent but it was an Aussie accent so I, was uh. I thought this was O2 so I hung, hung up <laughs> <laughs> make the munchie more <laughs> exactly and then he he rang me back and I hung up again and he, I goes is this about my new phone and he goes oh no 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 completely different I was like alright oh, sorry then he rang me and he realised he says I'm working for uh, Collingwood Football Club from Australia and I'm over here scouting and I've been watching you for about four or five months now and I'm keen to meet up for a chat and then it all sort of came from there yeah. and then the head of recruiting came over for the McCrory semi-final in 2010 we played the academy Dungannon and I didn't really do much but he seen what he wanted to see in terms of a few jumps and a few runs he yeah. was happy enough and then we went for dinner the next night and he goes we're going to invite you for a trial and went for a four-week trial in June we got beat by Tyrone in the Ulster semi-final 2010 and then I flew out the Wednesday after for four weeks but my father came for 10 days but they told him after 10 days that I was going to be signed so I didn't know this and then they told me just before I left that I'd sign a two-year deal so I was going back into school 2011 knowing I was going to Australia so what was that like I kept my school work up so I did I, I can imagine yeah. <laughs> Was it like, were you excited or were you scared at that point or what was the kind of feelings? I think at that point it was more excitement because it was so far away and then as it sort of got closer and closer, I think when down got beat by Armad, it sort of hit me after the game, I was like, fuck, I could be going here next week. And then lucky enough, James rang me and goes, want you to come into the senior setup? I was like, yes, sweet. Yeah. So then I went, they got beat in the qualifiers by Cork and then a couple of weeks later I was asked to come over and then that got delayed again because then Marty Clark had re-signed so then me and Marty flew out together so it wasn't actually too bad when I went because I had him yeah. there so but still I was put into the real world I know people here go from school to the Holy Lands it's a completely different kettle of fish <laughs> you can't just get a, a 240 back to Newry to get down the road to the house oh that like that must have been such a big jump for you like you know going from that was really a zero to a hundred kind of move there like pretty much yeah I remember getting to the airport and man saying the goodbyes and there's a couple of tears in her eyes and I got up to the top of the escalator at Dublin airport and I was like ah, fuck it I really want to go here yeah and I sort of had a talk I was like fuck it just go and then I just walked on so I had that spit second of and then I just a wee bit of doubt had to go and like at the time was you thinking I want to go and make a career here or was you thinking <coughs> I'll go for a, a year or two try it out or yeah it was the aims to sort of make the career of it um, I was like look you're getting paid to play sport this is what you want to be at so <coughs> Yeah, the first year was, was great initially, like, it's all the excitement getting you through and then once the, the games you're playing in the twos and then you're, I think I kicked, I think it was uh, fifth or sixth day of our VFL game, I kicked five goals and yeah. then I got pulled into the seniors but then I was only pulled on as a sub so I got to play the last quarter and look, it was great to get out there and get playing but my whole career I played six games and five of them were as a sub so I was being... I thought I was getting a, a hard time of it and I should have played a lot more than what I actually got because I had a, we have development coaches and he was saying, look, I don't know what else you can do to be starting because you're doing uh -huh. more than what the boys in AFL are doing. So it was just, it just didn't pan out. But Yeah, you think just sometimes, like maybe if a different manager had been in or if different things had been, or if you had been in a different club, you know, it could have maybe been a different yeah, story. I, or? I think that the Irish was still sort of raw with the initially when I was there it was like Marty Clark and Pierce yeah. Hanley and Zach too were your sort of big names whereas now it's, it's becoming more frequent now you have Conor McGann yeah. and Conor Glass yeah. um, what are the other guys playing for Geelong 
Um, Blue Boy Mark. Uh, yeah, is it? Uh, oh shit, not Mark O'Connor. Is it Mark O'Connor from yeah, Kerry? Isn't he's it? Yeah, he's now too. And then there's a couple of guys at Collingwood as well. Yeah. Big, uh, big Anthony Tohilson, uh, Antona, he's there. Yeah, he's there, and then there's Nagy. And then Callum's so up at TWS. There's a whole squad of boys. There's a lot of boys now, and I think they're starting to buy into what Irish bring. It's a u- uniqueness yeah. to their game because the skill levels to play Gaelic is more than yeah. what's needed in the AFL. So I think they're starting to reap the rewards of Irish player actually coming over. So, yeah, I think I get signed by Mick Malthouse, who loved Marty as an Irish player, and mm. Marty played 46 games under him. So... Sometimes it could just be the rub of the green. The coach just might not like what you're bringing to the table. So, look, I got a, a hard time of it there, but that's life. Yeah. Like, obviously, that wasn't an enjoyable part of it. What was the kind of enjoyable parts of being over there? And, you know, was it the lifestyle? Did you enjoy the training every day? Yeah, the training was class. I, it was something different. Like, it, very rarely you were doing the same sort of session back to back. So, it was always sort of spiced up and the S&C coaches were second to none like your gym sessions were never repetitive mm-hmm. there was always something different and then the lifestyle like compared to here like me and my missus love trying different foods so yeah. the, <laughs> the spread of foods over there was ridiculous whereas if I'm in Restrever I get either a Chinese or a chippy like so <laughs> <laughs> options are limited <laughs> yeah whereabouts then is that in Australia like in I was Melbourne Melbourne yeah um and obviously there probably would have been a ton of Irish over there as well, would there, or not as much? So, well, there was a ton, but I was 18, like, so the boys that were there were yeah. sort of closer to Marty's age of 24 and 25, like, so the gap for me was, I still had the crack with them and all, like, but it just didn't feel the same for me. I uh, just kind of, st- a couple of years maybe off, I like. Yeah, so I think there's a lot of boys there now that would be my run of age, like, but I don't know if that could be a good or a bad thing. Yeah. Do you ever think, like, I know a lot of people now you're going out to Australia and, and, and moving, like, especially from Ireland and we rural areas, is it, you know, is it one of the things, is the grass greener on the other side, I think, a lot of times, or is it a personal thing that you maybe need to do? I think it's how you make it. Like, a lot of Irish, yeah. like, a, the opportunities over there are a lot more than what you're getting here, but Irish being Irish, they stay amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. So, like, in Melbourne, it was, I think it was called Fitzroy Street, which we refer to it as the Irish Street because right. that's just where all the Irish yeah. went. And if you ask them to go to the city, they were a bit, oh, geez, I don't want to go in there because it's uh, I'm not used to it. I'm not, I don't know it's it. It's change. Exactly. I thought that's actually fair. They're uh, afraid of change. Yeah. Um, I, uh, so, uh, like I know a lot of ones, even from kind of local area, I've went over and there's some people that really enjoy it and other people that I think maybe it is that sort of case of grass is green on the other side, but probably never know until they try it like they yeah that's true um any happy to be home now me um yes and no uh looking back i probably shouldn't have left when i did leave Mm -hmm. i walked away from another year in my contract and i came home yes and did interviews saying i hated it this that and the other but i was young immature and in denial Mm -hmm. as now as things sort of moved on as I'm getting a bit more mature and like <coughs> looking back I've sort of let one go there I should have seen it out and let it go as long as possible but yes I'm still happy to be back I'm, I enjoyed playing Gaelic football I'm happy to be close to my family and um, it's a great place we live but there's just more to do over there yeah and like there's a combination of the lifestyle as well like it's yeah. I, it's the same the area I'm from is um it's a great area and like I love playing football and have the gym and all but 
there's we have a shop and we have a bakery <laughs> i know what it's, it's <laughs> and that's it like uh, over there you're you're walking down the street you can have asian food or there's, yeah. there's mexican or the italian or spanish it's yeah it'll be a while before i see that cruising around mr ever <laughs> <laughs> like would, would that be a regret then leaving a wee bit earlier or do yeah you think maybe that's just you saying that now because you're you have a wee bit more time to, to no, think about I did, it all I did, well i could probably be me saying it now but looking back i regret it but at the time i didn't because i was young immature and yeah. just sort of like i'll be all right i'll get home and i'll get everything back on track and it didn't work out like that so yeah there's sort of regret and you don't know what could have happened you might have made it after mm. that year so look would you have regretted more not going in the first place you know like if you hadn't have if you hadn't uh, if you turned back at the escalators at dublin you know do you think you would have had the same feelings now or do you think things would be a lot different or? i think it would have been different in that stage because i wouldn't have actually been over to experience it yeah. so i think if i had a turn then it would just I wouldn't even think. You I got a taste for it, kind of. Yeah, exactly. So I think looking back now, yes, I probably should have seen it out and just seen where it actually could have went to. Yeah. But I suppose it's one of them ones you, you never know what way it could have went either. Like. But I think they're they're plucking players a lot like that are too young too. I think yeah. that coming straight out of school to having no life experience to be dropped into a different country and sort of fend for yourself. Or like you're at the club and they're looking after you but you're out, there's times you're away from the club too so you have to fend for yourself so i think you need to give players like 20 maybe a couple of years even yeah if they went to the holy lands just to experience yeah being out on their own i think so and then as well like i don't know if maybe this is talked about too much but i'm sure whenever you were over there in the first couple of years you were getting fairly well compensated and going from being in school to like getting that there big change of you're now in a new place, you're getting a bit of money. Like it's, it's a lot to take on board. And like what, what age? Eighteen, nineteen. I was eighteen. Yeah. Eighteen. Like it's a big change. Yeah, it was a it was a culture shock. Like I was, I think it was in Arizona when I first got my first paycheck and I'm yeah. bouncing about the room. Thinking <laughs> <I was laughs> what can I buy here? <laughs> I said to Marty, like, is this going to be the norm? Is this what I'm going to uh, get every month? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was exciting, but. I think by the my third year, that sort of excitement had wore off, and I was like, "Look, I just want to play football, and I don't feel like I'm getting a fair go." But uh -huh. I think that was me being immature and eager, and probably getting a bit ahead of myself, thinking yeah. I should be here and should be doing this. But maybe they were trying to coax me in a lot easier than what they were. But I, the immature, and he came out, and I just said, "Fuck this, I'm going home." Yeah, that's where maybe another year or two of being here probably could have came into yeah. play, but. Um, whenever you came back, did you find like it set you back a lot in terms of other aspects of life, like work or, f you know, friends and stuff? Like, did you did you miss a lot from being away, or did you were able to slot back in? No, no, geez, that, it took me time. Eh? Um, like I say, I've, like I did say, I kept my work up in school, but I didn't get my qualifications, <laughs> so yeah. that sort of set me back, and then uh, just sort of getting back into that way of life it, it, it took me the two years as well a wee bit slower kind of was yeah, it just so that sort of set me back 2015 was just sort of hoping i'd get a job and things would be sorted i was at university and i just pissed that up against the wall because i was still yeah like i was still thinking i was over there and making money like i was and spending it like i was but unfortunately the bank balance didn't <laughs> reflect <laughs> that <laughs> yeah that tends to happen i um 
and did you find whenever you came back you had pressure you know whenever you went back to play and stuff you know that people were saying like you're a professional athlete like or did you not really feel that look you had that expectation people were saying it to you but look it, it did affect me in a way but in terms of it was going to take me time to adjust but I think people were just expecting it to happen just like that so I think that's just this country as well. He's a professional. He'll be playing when he comes back. Like it's going to be nothing to him, and like it doesn't work like that. I think a good example is big, um, big Walsh for Kerry. Like he's really only kind of, kind of coming back really this year, like, and the year before. Mm-hmm. But he was he was over. What, what club was he at again? Was it Swans? Sydney, uh, was it St Kilda? And then he went to Sydney. It seemed like it took him a long time to sort of get back to into the swing of things, but you know, it's probably one of the things that people just expect you to come back and be bigger and better, and it's probably not the well, case I mean either. For Tommy, he went over there big, and then they sort of toned him back a bit, Aye. and then he started having a lot of hamstring issues, and then look, just keep saying back in because he's when he left, he was probably one of the best Aye. players at that Aye. stage, and so it's good to see them coming back. But I think people could look at that and say going to go there and then you're going to come back it's going to take you a couple of years to adapt so do you really want to miss that so that it, but any young fella is going to get offered money to play it's, it's going to be hard to say no definitely like definitely and i think you always think that you know you could listen to all the advice in the world but it's just a natural thing where you'll think you're the a unique situation it'll be, it'll always be different yeah. even if 100 people told you it differently you think i don't know it might work out like um and do you think, you know, any possibility of getting back out there if you had a chance, like, would you go or? Um, look, I'm going to go to the the combine in December, I think it is, and just chance my arm. I think Adelaide Crows are looking for a mature age player. So that's sort of played senior for a couple of years and has sort of flourished in that mm-hmm. uh, environment. So I'll go down there and chance my arm and I'll just at this minute in time and just waiting on a yes or no back from Collingwood in terms to go back there so yeah who knows see what happens yeah um so Byron obviously you know with that there the yes or no from that and how the combine goes have you any other kind of goals moving forward whether it be you know personal or sport wise or just down in Ross Trevor um I think it's probably just more me for off the field like, like I said I'm one of the older players now like so mm-hmm. I need to be training the GPA out of everything can get in terms of education and things yeah. so I've done with PT so I've got that and with aims to probably progress to S&C mm-hmm. I've started I did start down in Satanta in Tipperary but just for the distance and the commitment with having to work and train it I was just falling behind so I just I sort of knocked that in the head was it uh, like was it once a week or twi- a couple times a week down no there? it was once a month yeah. but it was just the learnings was put on you like every sort of week there were slides released and released Aye. and so the nights you're not getting home until 11 and you're like oh, I even got time for this I'm the same like I'm doing my masters now and um, we're only up one week a month so like three days but you're sent online uh, modules and stuff to do and they say if you like leave it one week it just piles up oh and then there's another stuff and another stuff and it's uh, like I'm sitting with a whole load of stuff to do over the next couple of days and it just piles up so I know what I know what the kind of feelings like too yeah so that would be the aim to get into that because i would still want to be involved in the sport even when i'm yeah. not able to play yeah um i think we'll uh we'll finish up with a quick fire round so i do this with all the ones that have come on so far so just a couple of week 
simple enough questions. I'll struggle then. <laughs> <laughs> best GAA moment or we'll even say best moment in sport. Probably the second Hogan twenty eleven. Yeah. Any reason why? It was never done by our school and it was done with a lot of boys that I built a big friendship up with over the two years I was at the college. Mm-hmm. Worst GA moment? Uh, losing to Armagh in 2011 in the minor quarterfinal up by 11 points at half time. Uh, I can imagine that would be enough. Yeah, it was <laughs> tough to take. Um, the best session, best drinking session you've had after a win? After winning? Or losing? I think after them Hogan's, it was maybe four and five days. Aye. That's 17, 18, that wasn't a bad old spin. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say it would have been some crack then. Um, that was tasty. No, uh, you didn't go up and do like a session in the Hatfield or anything after that there? Or? No, because by that stage universities, it would have been sort of the end of the year. Ah, right, so okay. Um, I think this is this is one maybe sort of two questions in it. If you were to go back and give yourself advice, what advice would you give? And then what advice would you give to anyone that is a young player or player in general that's either looking to improve um, and kind of get to the, the best position they can be in? I think if we're going back now, for me, I would say don't rest on your laurels and expect your your speed and attributes to get you through. Like so, you work a bit harder because it did take me a bit of time to get a mm-hmm. bit of a work ethic into me. So I'd say that to me. But for younger players, uh, I would say it's just a cliche: is listen to your coaches. Like it doesn't yeah. matter where you go in life; you have to listen to your coach. If I don't listen to Paddy, I don't play. So it'd be listen to your coaches and. If you ever have a free 10 minutes, just get a ball and go down and kick it against a wall because that's what I, I did for probably yeah. f- about 10 years of my life, just down kicking a ball off a wall, high catching. It's one thing I've noticed a lot of young boys, even coming into minors, are sort of afraid to take go for the high catch because mm. they're, I don't know, it's just nerve and you're just not used to doing it from a young age. So something so simple as just kick a ball against a yeah. wall and just take it at its highest point. I think like what I've kind of noticed from from chatting to like yourself and other lads over the past couple of weeks and months is that there really isn't like any big secrets or or like a magic workout or a running program <coughs> that gets you to being at the top level. It's just a wee simple things done consistently well, like isn't it? That's it. Yeah, it's at the minute inter county football is about ball retention, and if if you're not giving the ball away, then you're obviously gonna help yeah. your team. Yeah, um, that was brilliant, Kilim. Um Appreciate you taking the time out. We're going to do a wee workout here now and we'll put it up on YouTube. But um, yeah, thanks for taking the time out. No bother. <laughs>